0: Welcome to Delta MV's Healthcare Insight Bites. Insights to shape the future of your healthcare business. I'm Neil McKay, your host, and today my guest has worked in healthcare marketing research for nearly a decade across therapeutic areas. He's worked in public health in South Africa and Tanzania on psychology and HIV. Today I'm talking to Andrew Deleu, who is the consulting director of Delta MV. In this episode, we'll be discussing the challenge of patients' adherence. Patients' adherence to treatment is a common challenge for clinicians, and it has real economic and health consequences. While the problem is clear, there is no silver bullet to address the challenge. We can look to behavioural science to provide a framework for understanding the irrationality of non-adherence. So Andrew, how big of a problem is patient
1: adherence? And what do you mean by the irrationality of non-adherence? According to the World Health Organization, 50% of patients with chronic disease are not taking their medications as prescribed. Obviously, this has clear consequences when it comes to health, with the U.S. CDC citing that 125,000 preventable deaths and between 100 and 300 billion U.S. dollars in preventable medical costs can be attributed to this patient non-adherence. There are many reasons why patients aren't compliant. This includes the cost of medication, access, forgetfulness, and a lack of understanding of the severity of the disease on the part of the patient. But from the body of literature and from our extensive experience working across markets in Asia-Pacific, a significant number of patients are not adherent simply because they choose not to be. This is an example of the irrational behavior I'm talking about. They choose not to be? Surely all patients follow the doctor's orders? Well, you'd be surprised at how few actually follow the doctor's orders. This is where behavioral science comes in. Classic economic theory assumes that human beings are rational actors. We carefully assess all of the pros and cons and consequences of our decisions before making a choice. In reality, we know that's not true. Behavioural science is a branch of science that combines the elements of economics and psychology to understand how and why people behave the way they do in the real world. It's a model we can look to not only to understand this irrational behaviour, but also to design interventions to shape this behaviour. Okay, so we aren't always rational, I do get that, which I guess explains why patients might not follow the doctor's orders, but what does behavioural science say about this? At the heart of behavioral science is something called cognitive biases. Over time, our brains have evolved to make decisions quickly with the minimal amount of effort. Cognitive biases are essentially mental shortcuts that help us make decisions faster. Sometimes they can help us, but other times they actually lead to irrational behavior. There are over 175 different cognitive biases that behavioral scientists use to explain this irrational behavior. Based on our extensive experience across many different markets and therapeutic areas, we tend to focus on about 50 of these key cognitive biases. There are a few cognitive biases that might be at work here when it comes to explaining why patients aren't adherent to treatment. For example, hedonic adaption and hyperbolic discounting. These biases don't give us solutions on their own right, but they give us a framework for understanding the challenge and for designing interventions. Hedonic adaption? What's that? Hedonic adaption refers simply to humans' ability to return to a state of normal happiness, or in other words, an equilibrium, when experiencing both positive and negative events. Essentially, people get used to their version of normal. We see this a lot when it comes to patients with chronic disease. Imagine patients with chronic pain. Their sense of normal might be a mild or moderate state of pain whereas someone without chronic pain would not think this is normal at all. Other examples we've seen are with hearing loss, diabetes, or managing conditions like psoriasis and eczema. We tend to get used to the condition we're experiencing at that moment. So what can we do? Well, if we know patients tend to get used to their version of normal and focus on the present, we need to help them remember two things. First, how far they've come with treatment and what they stand to lose. Secondly, what the future might look like if they aren't adherent to treatment. We've done work in several different therapeutic areas on exactly this challenge. Based on the insight that we need to challenge this sense of normal, some interventions can include developing patient diaries to track their lived experience. This can include not only tracking patient symptoms of the disease, but also a psychological element, which can often be forgotten, so how they're thinking and feeling at different stages of their journey. Other examples include the use of treatment plans, whereby patients and clinicians pre-agree to a treatment plan with clear targets. There's also a mechanism in place if those targets aren't being met. These are the steps for escalating treatment. And a final option is around feedback loops between patients and prescribers. What are feedback loops? Feedback loops are formal or informal processes that are put in place that allow patients and prescribers to share their experience with treatment. They can be even more effective if other stakeholders can give input as well, such as the patient's partner or family. Okay, so that explains hedonic adaption, but what about hyperbolic discounting? Hyperbolic discounting can best be expressed with the concept of credit cards. People tend to prefer smaller, more immediate rewards now rather than larger rewards in the future. Simply put, It's pleasure now and pain later. With credit cards, you can enjoy the purchase immediately, but it comes at the expense of mounting interest and debt in the future. The challenge is that often in healthcare, it's the reverse scenario. Patients have the financial pain of paying for medication in the present with the future benefit of health and well-being abstract in the future. This makes the challenge even more difficult. (laughs) So what can we do? Well, in these scenarios, we need to help make the future benefit more tangible in the here and now. From our previous work, some interventions can include tools to help patients imagine future scenarios. For example, when looking at certain eye conditions that can lead to blindness, we can use technology to help illustrate to patients what that experience of blindness actually feels like to help them understand the importance of being adherent. Another example would be building incentives to drive adherence. This can work quite well when you can link health outcomes to financial rewards. For example, reducing the cost of health insurance based on being compliant to medication, hitting key health targets such as weight, or maintaining a good blood sugar level when it comes to diabetes. This can help bring the future benefit into the present moment. I've never thought about decision-making this way.
0: To me, the field of medicine is a rational, scientific area. Now, I'm going to be questioning how and why I make every choice, especially for healthcare. Have you got any final
1: thoughts on that? Well, it's exactly as you said. The field of medicine and bioscience more broadly tends to focus on the clinical and rational. And this is a good thing. But in reality, human behavior is often anything but rational. This is why behavioral science can be a powerful tool to help us first identify the problem and secondly, to serve as an ideation platform for innovative solutions. Well, at least we can rely on doctors to be rational then. Well, you'd be surprised. In future episodes, we'll look to behavioral science to understand doctors' behavior, such as how they adopt new drugs. And it isn't always rational. I'm looking forward to that one. So if you do want to learn
0: more about behavioral science and how this can help you with the challenges that you're facing in your business, get in touch with DeltaMV at DeltaMV.com and we'll also put a link in the show notes. Andrew, thank you very much. Thank you.